Welcome to the High Speed Podcast, the official podcast of the High Speed Alliance, taking you further, faster, together. We are setting our course for freedom and legacy through mastery of business, finance, family, and lifestyle. Welcome to the High Speed Podcast. This is Forrest Bryan. I'm your host, and uh, we've got Max Keller on the line today. Max, how are you today? Feeling good. You're pumped and ready. Every day. And you sound really good. I like that mic. That's nice. You got a good. You got a good. You got a face made for radio. <laughs> <laughs> no, I got that a lot growing up, and so I'm just going to go with it. <laughs> no, that's good. No, it sounds good. Uh, uh, Max, I'm 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 excited to have you on today. This is our public side of the podcast, and so we're uh, we're, we're we're broadcasting out for not only for our members and and for our clients, but just to to to, to the podcasting world out there. So we may have some people that. Um, are listening that uh, don't know exactly what we do, but um, you know we're we're really focused on freedom and legacy and 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 helping people get 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 to where they want to get to, and and we do that by helping them with their business and their finances and their family and the lifestyle. And um, I know those are all really super important to you, so I'm excited about digging in there uh, with you today. But uh, before we do that, why don't you tell our listeners a little bit about Max Keller? Oh, great. Well, thank you. Well, once again, thanks for having this podcast. Uh, thanks for inviting me. Um, I'm in uh, uh, Fort Worth, Texas, and um, our company's been around. We're in year three. And what we do primarily is uh, we have four streams. We um, uh, do fix and flip real estate, uh, single family homes. We have a remodeling company for people who are getting their houses ready to sell. We have a foundation company for people who are getting their houses ready to sell. And then um, I have a, an academy or education business where I teach people how to um, do real estate work. And so um, as far as me, I had kind of a varied background. I'm kind of a late bloomer. And the fact is, is that if you're willing to put the time and the work in and increase your skills and knowledge, it is at any time. You know, I've, I've studied a lot of brain plasticity and, you know, yeah, we are eventually going, some of our skills are going to deteriorate as we get older, but sometimes it's at the very end. And so I'm really of the firm belief. I, I kind of just grew up in a middle class. Sometimes we struggled at times background, um, but we were in a good area of town. So I saw some good examples of what to do, but I never really had like the formula. I was always a little bit behind. Um, I have a lot of learning disabilities. So I struggled in school. Um, when I did turn in work, it was like amazing. Everybody was like, teachers like, wow, I wish you do this all the time. But I just struggled. I'm dyslexic and I have uh, ADHD and, and I didn't even know that at the time. And I didn't, I didn't really, you know, let that limit me. I just wasn't very successful at school like some of my friends and I really wanted to be. So I was good at selling things and talking to people. So in my senior year of high school, I got into a business club called DECA, uh, Junior Achievement. I made all the way to the national finals for like a presentation sales thing. And I was like, okay, business. I like, I think this is something that I could be good at. I want to, I think everybody wants to be good at something and they want to be exceptional at all areas of their life. And, you know, I was just kind of floundering. So I went to community college. Um, I made, you know, very good grades. I got into UT business school in Austin, which at the time was ranked like fifth in the nation. And I would say a thousand to one people said, there's no chance that's ever going to, I'm ever going to do that. And I did I love to prove people wrong. It's just like mm -hmm. my favorite thing to do. So anyways, just fast forward. I went to UT business school, but when I got there, man, there were kids like you and all of your friends that have been doing pre AP GT IB for 15 years. And they just trounced me. I mean, it was like, 
it was like the worst boxing match. It was like when Tanya Harding was boxing against Mike Tyson. I mean, it wasn't even close. I couldn't even compete with those kids. And I was like, well, this is not good. What am I going to do? So I worked for some big companies. I worked for a Fortune 500 company, youngest senior financial analyst, you know, just all these things. And then I just really didn't want to work in business because it was, it's horrible. These big companies, it just wasn't for me. And I didn't really like doing financial stuff all day. Like I wanted to talk to some people. I don't know, just I'm very immature. So I, um, I just blessed my wife encouraged me to be a teacher. I've been talking about a long time, but I couldn't take the pay cut because it was a difference. But then when, you know, the time was right, she said, well, why don't you try it? You know, it's now or never. I tried it. I was a high school math teacher for, um, uh, seven years, coach football, basketball, and track. I got an award every year, never was going to leave teaching. It was like the greatest, like, I'm still trying to figure out ways to go back. I loved it that much. Mm -hmm. I've never loved anything more than that is incredible. Helping the kids. I taught at a low income school and I helped the kids who were struggling and it was awesome. It's magic. I, I'm going to one of their graduations next month, you know? Um, but to make, I make a, uh, shorten it up here. I, my friend got into real estate. He has a big family like me and he bought a, a rental house and this was July, 2015. And he told me about it and you know, the way I am, I I'm either on or off. I don't have in between. Mm -hmm. so once I started studying it, I just went nuts. And then I found a mentor. I found a coach. I closed a deal like within three weeks, made 16 K. And then, um, I joined a mastermind, joined another mastermind, quit my job. And you know, it's been great. I love it. I mean, it's a true Testament that if you are just motivated, you can pretty much change anything you want to change. Hmm. Uh, if I can change, you know, I, I'm reading like, I'm bumping up to like two books a week. That's how focused I am on reading right now. And I'm dyslexic. So <laughs> I don't read as fast as other people. You know, Mark Cuban gets on the blog. He goes, you know, I read a book, you know, a book takes me four hours, not me, hmm. but I'm not making an excuse. I'm just gonna have to put more time in. You know, so yeah, I'm just on this real estate journey. I've met great people. Your organization is unbelievable people. If you're listening, you haven't checked out Forrest's organization. There are not many like it. Trust me. I've been to a lot of places. There are not many places like it. So, Hey, I'm just blessed that we're friends and, uh, and, um, that, you know, I can add value to your audience today and just share stories and stuff. Well, Max, uh, uh, I appreciate you sharing that. And, uh, I, I, known you for quite a while now. And, uh, I remember the first time I met you and I was just really impressed with you and, uh, just love your story. And, um, you know, uh, tell, uh, while we're still kind of talking about the Mac show here, um, um, you, you've got a, you've got a, a, a special family too. Why don't you, why don't you mention well, that? Well, they're great. You know, it's a lot of <laughs> prayers. It's a lot of blessings, but you know, I taught at a junior high, it was seven, eighth and ninth grade. So when I was coaching, they didn't think I was smart because I was a coach. So they only gave me seventh grade because the higher grade you teach, the smarter you are. There's a pecking order in everything. And it's totally ludicrous. Um, and we all get paid the same. It's the weirdest place. Education, public school, so weird. But, uh, I've got a special family. I got special amounts of patience. God gave me a lot of patience and my wife is a, was a junior high middle school teacher also. And so we have a lot of patience in the, and God blessed us with uh, we have five daughters, which is not how I thought it was, you know, going to go the first baby. I thought it was a boy because all my family, they have big families and uh, you know, we're Catholic just in case people are wondering. And um, you know, so they have big families and uh, the first one's always a boy. And it wasn't a boy and I was so confused. And the next one was a girl and the next one's a girl. And now 
Uh, we're having a boy in three weeks. So we'll have six children, five girls and a baby boy. Wow. 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 Very, God, God bless you, my friend. God bless you. Uh, thank you. I appreciate that. It, <laughs> it is a blessing. You know, a lot of people think it's a curse and a burden. It might be for them, but we like it. And I don't, um, they're just great. And, you know, so this is what I need to be doing. And I'm thankful for the opportunities in real estate. And, uh, and I remember when I met you and you were presenting and I could not believe, I remember I went first and you went right after me and I couldn't believe when you stopped your presentation and you said a few nice things about me, I was thinking, I can't believe this guy's giving me the time of day because at the time I was just getting started. I, I hadn't really done that much. I still got a long way to go. And when you told me that, I was like, I remember I went home, I told my wife, I go, man, this guy Forrest, he was like mentioning me. I mean, you're a big deal, man. People who don't know you, you're very approachable, but you know a lot of stuff. So I appreciate the kind words. I appreciate our uh, relationship and, and we're just growing together. All right. Thanks, man. That's good stuff. So before we move on, um, make, uh, you know, I want to, I want to just comment on your, on your math background and just, um, I want you to kind of tie that into, um, you know, I know the way that your, your, your brain works, which is scary. And it's, uh, it's, it's, it's amazing what you do and how you take that, you know, that, that business and that math background and you apply it to what you're doing now. So just comment on that just a little bit. Sure. Well, um, Growing, I had a interesting upbringing and my dad is very, 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 very smart. Very smart. One of the smartest people I've ever met. He graduated like number three in his class from a prestigious private school, full college scholarship, doctor track, the whole deal. Now there were some road bumps, but he's still very smart. And so growing up, we played a lot of war games where there was a lot of mathematical equations. There were like these games where I don't even, people don't play these, but they were like on a big table and you had all these little pieces and there was all these numbers you had to add up and there was defense points and offense points. We played a lot of chess growing up. We did a lot of uh, memorization growing up. So we would memorize facts. We would uh, do multiplication games. We would do uh, math games in our head. That's what we did for entertainment. And so I will say that if you, if you came to my neighborhood, you wouldn't think that was going on inside the house but it was, you know, so, and my mom's very smart too. You know, she's a nurse. She had to work harder, but so they taught me some really, really good principles and I've just been good at math. I won't say that I'm like some sort of, you know, like calculus, like when you start getting real theoretical, but you know, the math that we use in finance and real estate, not really that complicated. And so my gift uh, for, or I don't even know, I just read this book. Talent is overrated. I don't even know if we have gifts anymore. Um, there's a great book. And, um, but the point is, is that the skill that I have developed by deliberate practice and focus is, um, just, yeah, just doing, you know, doing math in my head pretty quickly. I mean, I don't use a calculator very much. And I mean, sometimes I do just to check, but it's always right. I have some other tricks that I'll have to share for another podcast because I don't want everybody to think I'm crazy. But, um, you know, the point is, is that this business, man, and I put this on the list here, is that if you, when people talk about fix, fixing houses, fix and flip houses, they're doing investment deals, they're thinking about rentals, they want to buy an apartment complex, let me give you a magic tip. And then you can hang up now if you want. Now don't, but this is pretty much it. If you buy the house correctly at the beginning, you build in a lot of cushion. And so if they say, Max, what's the key to your success or how do you use math? Buying correctly. Like I'm going out to buy a house today. I told the guy, 120, 521. If it's 120, 522, I'm not buying it. 
And I've never, never, never bend on that. And if you do that, it just builds in so much, it builds in safety net against market risk, against rehab mistakes, tenant damage, tax liens. So I just say, focus on math. The numbers don't lie. Don't get emotional about this stuff. Math. Good stuff. Good stuff. Yeah. So we could go a lot of different directions, Max. Um, you know, the, this is a, uh, you know, this is a business and real estate and time management. Uh, you know, uh, that th- those are a lot of the, the buzzwords that, that, that we use. Um, you know, let's, uh, let's, let's go into real estate first and let's okay. just talk about, let's talk about your business and maybe, you know, if we've got listeners that are, um, you know, maybe we've got some, some people that, that want to get into fixing and flipping, or maybe it's, uh, they're a physician or dentist and they want to, um, you know, they, they're early or rookie, uh, real estate investors. Just, uh, you know, tell us a little bit about, you know, your business and the fix and flip business and, and we can tie it into your market a little bit, but, sure. um, go, go, go there for me. I think knowledge and character are the two most important things. And you're, we're in a constant, I'm in a constant acquisition to acquire more knowledge. As I acquire more knowledge on my industry, I can make connections faster and put connections together that other people can't do who don't have the knowledge and then character. And I would say that character like pretty much never changes or maybe you could make it better, but there's kind of a baseline of where you're at at this point. So I would just recommend to people who are thinking about getting into fix and flip real estate is knowledge and partner with people who have character. And the same thing with people who want to invest because um, the relationships that you have are going to be far more important than the actual deals that you have access to by far. You know, and so I would just, so what's, what's helped us, you know, we've probably flipped about, I honestly don't even know, I think around 50 or 60 closings, you know, homes that we've done. Um, Every one we've gotten better. And the reason is because we are focused on getting better. So getting better in anything that we do is universal. It's acquisition of specific knowledge. It's deliberate practice in that area. And then it's um, partnering with the right people who can help you. And so that's what I've done in my business, you know, for fix and flips here in Dallas, Fort Worth. Um, you know, we're, uh, you know, it's, it's the houses are getting very expensive. Every part of the market cycle, there's, there's uh, challenges, but there's opportunities. So if you just focus on the numbers and you keep acquiring knowledge, um, but you know, I can't, I cannot, I cannot, I can't read four or five hours a day in real estate and personal development books and four or five hours a day in dentistry. Mm -mm. I just can't do it. Mm -mm. So I'm going to need somebody else to take care of my mouth and I need to take care of my real estate. So you just, I also think there's a lot of value in identifying people who have true mastery of their skill and mastery takes time. I do not have mastery. I'm developing mastery. It's taking, it takes time, but, um, so I would just recommend to people who are listening to find people who have good character and are either have mastery or developing mastery. And I'll, I'll, I'll lay on top of that, just the, the concept of leverage. And I've seen, and you've been a, you've been a good um, steward of that. And I've seen you do that with uh, the, the groups that you, the people that you hang around, the, the education that you gain um, uh, and, you know, looking at how you, uh, you know, not only leverage relationships and knowledge, 
um, but also, you know, human capital and it's leverage is not all, always about, you know, the actual money. Um, you know, sometimes it's about, uh, you know, that, that human capital or the finance or, or just that, that knowledge. And I've, I've seen you do that and I've seen you grow leaps and bounds in the time I've known you, uh, by utilizing this principle. Yes. Um, what about, um, talk, you mentioned Dallas. So tell us yeah. a little bit about, you know, what's, uh, uh you know, Tell our listeners. I, I know. I know a little bit about it, but uh, mm-hmm. let, let's let's tell our listeners a little bit. You know what's what's going on in Dallas right now. Yeah. Well, you know, people use the word "hot," which is total, which doesn't mean anything. So I won't use that word because it doesn't make any sense. I mean, temperature. Like, what are you talking about? <laughs> so, or how does that even? What do you do with that? You know, when people tell me stuff, I want them to tell me things that um, I can do some, like I can create some action around. Mm-hmm. And so in Dallas, the inventory is low. And the days on market are very low. The demand for housing is extremely high. You know, the average sales price is at an all-time high. I believe it's up to, in our county, $264,000. It is becoming less affordable to live here, but it still is affordable. We have an incredible amount of migration coming from other states, and especially California, as 300 families are moving to the Dallas-Fort Worth metroplex of 6 million people uh, daily. So 400 families daily, there's not enough housing. Prices of land are going up. The prices of labor have gone up. So people can't push out enough single family houses to keep up. So we're building a lot of apartments here. And, um, um, you know, everybody and their brother-in-law wants to get into real estate, which is why, you know, we're getting pretty high in the cycle. Mm-hmm. And so, you know, I went to the car dealership and three people said they want to get into it. And I was like, you know, you're not going to be able to compete with me. Okay. If you had started two or three years ago, you'd have a lot better chance. Now you still could, mm-hmm. but I just, I tell people like, it is like, it, it is the hardest time. It doesn't mean you can't do it. Mm-hmm. So um, deals are really, really thin. Uh, what wholesalers and people who sell homes in our area to investors do is they, um, they manipulate the math to make the deal look a lot better than it really is. So whether it's accidentally due to lack of knowledge or purposely, I can't, I don't know their intention, but I see the numbers. They're not right. The rehabs are too low. The ARV and the rents are too high. People don't find out until after they buy it and then they're stuck with it. And then they start rationalizing and say, well, I'm a long-term investor. Hmm. I mean, so that's just in a nutshell about Dallas. It's just a lot of growth, a lot of building, Texas is a very advantageous state for businesses. We don't have a state income tax. There's a slush fund that we get from sort of like some of these states are like, like kind of like Alabama football. You know, it's like um, self-fulfilling prophecies. You know, like when you say you're the best of all time, like just everybody wants to go there. And then when you're terrible, it's hard to get anybody. And, you know, Texas has been taking a lot of cannibalizing a lot of businesses from the East and West coast from the higher cost of living since JC Penney's relocated here in the eighties. And probably before that, it's just, I was born in 1980. So, I mean, I do study, but you know, that's firsthand. So uh, it's advantageous market. People are moving here and uh, they have a slush fund to give businesses everything they want. So I don't know what else to say. So, um, you know, we could probably take that and, um, you know, if we wanted to generalize, obviously we know there's, uh, uh, you know, every, every market, every local market is, uh, has its own individual flavor and spin. But, um, if we wanted to generalize a little bit, we could say, cause I talked to a lot of real estate people all across the U S and, 
Um, I think we could generalize and we could say that um, those things that you mentioned are happening in a lot of markets. Um, we hear that it's harder to find good deals, um, that the prices are going up, that the margins are getting thinner. Um, so, you know, how are you, um, how are, how are you battling those in your, in your market? What, what types of, uh, you know, techniques can you share for other real estate, uh, for, for investors and, and, uh, boots on the ground, real estate pros? Well, right now it's just out hustle. So nobody can work harder than me. And if they think they can, I challenge them and they, 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 they don't want to do it. So like I'm driving to a house to go look at it at 445 tonight. Then I'm swinging up to a REI club in a North part of town, which I mean, this city's spread out and I, I won't get home till 10 o'clock. And I stayed up till 6am reading and I took a four hour nap. So nobody's going to be able to beat that. So right now it's hustle. I mean, I, I leverage human capital uh, by, um, by partnering with wholesalers. Um, because their efforts, you know, multiplied times 20 or 30 of those good relationships. I can't, I can't out hustle 20 or 30 people. Hmm. I haven't been in a lot of fights, but I could barely win the one-on-ones. I look like a Jerry Seinfeld impersonator. I look like I should work at a bank. I don't look like a, like a UFC fighter. So if I can barely win the one-on-ones, I can't imagine 20 to one. So I don't try to fight it. I partner with people. I cut them in on the deal. What I found is, is that if you make other people money, they'll be your friend and they'll give you what you want. Mm-hmm. And it's all about having a long-term focus and a vision. So uh, if the relationship is more important to me than making a lot of money right now, I mean, we do some direct mail, obviously targeted direct mail. And I mean, that still works. Uh, our brand, we donate $250 to the church or charity of our um, customer's choice. So that resonates with some folks that are into social causes like we are. Um, but there's really nothing that complicated. Last year we ran about 17 different types of marketing at a cost of $76,000 and we calculated the return on marketing investment for each one of those. Six of them stood out. So we're just repeating those. I will say that a lot of people are online and the traffic from online is really segmented to people are on Google and they're on Facebook. Mm-hmm. There's niche markets that are in other places. Um, for us right now, it's kind of our advantage. Our focus is sort of stretch, switching strategies you know, so our idea is that we're still fixing and flipping real estate, but we're also looking for ways that we can take these homes that we're buying at a higher price and repurposing them to um, generate more money in ways that require more work, which people don't want to do. Mm-hmm. So which, re- which results in less competition within our own market. Yeah, that's great. So um, go, but you you, you kind of got into the, into the marketing there for a little bit, but let me, let me, uh, let me just give a follow-up question on that. So, okay. um, in today's environment, you know, what type of, um, uh, you mentioned Google and Facebook as yeah. you know, the, per, per, the, the, the gorillas to, to, for the demographics that most people depend, you know, and I'm talking in general, whether it's a dentist or it's a physician or if it's a real estate, um, fix and flipper. Um, you know, what, what do you see working really good out there right now? Um, and what, what's a good, you know, what are, what are some good return on investment marketing dollars that can be spent? The highest return on investment uh, program by far, hands down is referrals. 100% of your focus should be on referrals in your business before you do any other types of marketing. If you're not 100% maxing out referrals, then you don't know what you're doing when it comes to marketing. And the reason for that is because referrals have the highest conversion rate and they have the shortest cash conversion cycle. 
So you can take a referral and it's almost a hundred percent your job to mess it up. Mm -hmm. And the trust factor is already there. It's people they know, like, and trust. So by, by using transferred credibility, i.e. one of your patients who already trusts you, they say, I trust Dr. Bryant. I, I would go with him no matter what. And it's like a done deal because they already know, like, and trust your patient. And now you're borrowing that. So where I see me, well, we're not anymore because we're focused on it big time. But where I see a lot of my friends making miscues, which is a lot easier to see other people's mistakes than your own. And, and that's a fact. And there's actually nothing wrong with that. So help your friends. Uh, if you're listening to this, go, go sit and watch their business and see how their referral program is. Become an expert in it. I got a really good book about it called The Seven Levels of uh, Relationships. And it talks about how to build a referral-based business, which a lot of people is like, oh, that's hokey. That's old-fashioned. Just, just pull a bunch of lists and send a bunch of stuff to strangers. And that does work. But referrals is like the number one. So we're focused on referrals and how we're doing that is we are systematically following up with everybody and we have everybody that we contact with on a two-year life cycle. And for two years, we're doing different, different follow-up campaigns. And you know where I learned all that from? A guy who's slaying it on the, um, what do they call it? Like a mortgage originator, somebody mm -hmm. who gets mortgages. And he told me about how when they do a mortgage, he sends a fruit basket. And then six months later, he sends a fruit cake. I guess they like fruit, you know, and <laughs> then he does this and then he does that. I'm like, wow, we're not doing anything like that. You guys are geniuses. So just take other people's ideas. You don't have to come up with them on your own. That's great stuff. Referrals. Good stuff, Max. Um, so we hadn't, we hadn't even talked about time management yet. And I know this is a particular area area of uh, interest and research for you. And uh, I know I've, I've, uh, I've heard you share and been through your exercise in uh, pairing up your, your priorities with, you know, where you actually spend your time. So, right. um, you know, share, share with our listeners a little bit about, you know, how you manage your time and how you get so much done and, um, you know, share with them a little bit. Uh, how, how they can be better time managers. Cool. Well, I wrote down three things. So the first one is the 80-20 rule, which you haven't read that book. Please do. The 80% rule and 168. Okay. Those are the kind of the three number-ish things that we're talking about here, strings or whatever. So the 80-20 rule is basically write down everything that you do in your day and 80% of the outcomes, the desired outcomes that you're looking for and whatever it is you do come from 20% of your efforts. If I have that right. Okay. Mm -hmm. So a lot of stuff we do is not really doing anything. It's, it's returning at a much lower rate of return. So how can I get rid of that stuff? Just eliminate it's the first thing we should do. Then delegate it, which is the 80% rule. But how can, I, how can I get that off my plate and do more of that? Because that is the best. If I'm trading time for dollars and, I'm, and I want my efforts to be as valuable as possible, then I have to identify what those things are and do more of them. That's just that simple. The 80% rule means that if you delegate a, uh, and somebody can do the job 80% or better than you, then delegate it. I mean, if somebody can't even do it, of course not. But, you know, if you make some training videos, you write it down, you don't change their job every single day, you're going to be able to get somebody for 80%. And um, that's that. That's the 80% rule. And then 168 is how many hours we have in a week. It's finite. 
And if we go to when we die, which will happen for all of us, and we go work backwards from if we knew what that date was and we work backwards, there's a timer and it's clicking and I'm looking at it every day. And that's all I think about besides market downturns. <laughs> all I think about is death and market downturns. I'm the po- most positive guy you've ever had on the show. But it's not like a bad thing. It's a good thing. It, it, what I'm saying here is that you got 168 hours a week and that's it. And, you know, you're sleeping part of it. You know, we talk about the five audiences. So there's God or spiritual life. There's taking care of you. There's taking care of your family. There's your community and there's your work. That's pretty much who's vying for your attention. Hmm. And so if you want to be great in all of those areas, you're going to, it's, it's going to be tough in my experience, because what I do is as soon as I start cheating, I cheat on myself first. So when I start working too much, the first thing I do is cut out me and then I cut out my community and then I cut out my family and then I cut out God and then I cut out work. And what happens is, is that if we put our hand on a hot stove, we're going to feel the consequence immediately. But the consequence of mismanaging your time is not felt immediately. And that's what makes it so dangerous Hmm. because you can wake up 10 years later and identify that you have no relationship with your wife or kids or that all of a sudden you're facing some serious medical consequences and some of them are irreversible and it was under your control. You can take care of yourself. And so that's the, that's the tricky part about time. You know, we spend time on what we think is important. So I would just challenge everybody here to think about those five audiences, how much time they spend in each one and is their activities and the amount of time they spend doing them lining up with their goals and priorities. If you want to be real light in four of those areas and just focus on work and your career, and that's what you want to do for your life. And you're already doing that mission accomplished. But a lot of people say stuff like, well, yeah, I'm putting in these long hours, but you know, it's for my family. But most of the time it's not, it's mismanagement of time or it's for themselves. They're doing it selfishly to make themselves feel good. And I know that cause that's, I did that cause I wanted to feel a sense of accomplishment. I said, I waited 35 years to do something great and nothing's going to stop me. Hmm. Yeah. But you know, I can't have a bunch of people in my collateral damage wake. Yeah. So that's why I'm so serious about time management because it affects all of us. Yeah, that's great. Great, great insight, Max, for, for someone to, uh, to have that level of uh, appreciation for it. Um, you know, one other term that I like, I like to use when it comes to that is just the, the, the return on effort. And so um, I really like to make sure when I'm focused on something that it's massively uh, productive and you can really only do that by leverage. I've got, I've got a quote for you. Um, I heard this one this week and this was a good one. And, uh, Andrew Carnegie, you know, probably the second wealthiest man to ever lived and, uh, you know, had thousands of employees and probably dozens of businesses. But one of the quotes he said was that, uh, if a, if a, if it's a manager or leader works more than three hours a day, he doesn't know how to delegate. Ooh, that hurts. <laughs> That's amazing. That hurts. I'm sorry. You know, what's weird is a lot of the things that we think that we're, we want to do good. Most people want to do good for themselves and families, but these ideas that are out in mainstream don't work. Hmm. They don't work. The people who are reading four or five hours a day and they're doing two or three hours of real work a day and they're delegating the rest are the ones who are getting successful. Yeah. And that, that is so much easier said than done. Who sits yeah. and reads for four or five hours a day, only works two or three hours and delegates the rest. There, there are people that do it. Yeah. Warren Buffett comes to mind. People <laughs> yeah, would be shocked if they know how much he, he spends 
80% of his day. A reading. lot of time reading. And, yeah, I was reading, I was um, reading you know, about him last night. That just, you know, that just kind of reinforces the, and we, sometimes we use the, uh, the dollar per hour figure and just sure. kind of taking everything that you do. And, you know, especially as a, as a high wage earner and just kind of dump it into buckets and, you know, you got $10 an hour tasks, $100 an hour, $1,000, 10000 And, you know, the, 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 the smaller dollar an hour things that you can get off your plate allows you to focus on the higher dollar per hour and you get that, you get that higher uh, return uh, for the effort and the time that you're actually spending there. So Max, we're doing great, man. We're getting kind of close to the, to the end of the public uh, side here. So uh, I want to give you an opportunity to uh, uh, maybe share a favorite quote or favorite book. What you got? Okay. Well, my favorite book is uh, deep work by Cal Newport. So I like things on the extremes and I like things that are countercultural because I no longer want to be part of my, of the regular culture. I just decided I want to do something else. And so that's what his book talks about. I can really relate to it. It talks about how um, I've done some podcast reviews on it and stuff. But the point is, is that people who achieve really great things basically just lock themselves up in a closet for three or four hours a day and don't let anybody bother them. They create this really, really mentally challenging work uh, and it produces huge results. And that's, that's what I want to do. And I'm on that path to doing that. I will do that. So I love that book. Please read that book. It is so incredible. And a lot of people miss it. Everybody does the one thing, millionaire, real estate investor, you know, blah, blah, blah. But they skip the work. Book is incredible. Please read it. It will save your life. If you're, uh, oh, can I say a quote or is that mm-hmm. okay? Yeah. Okay. Please. Michael Gerber, when I read one of his books, E-Myth Revisited, he just rambles on. He's talking about this lady in our cookie shop. And I'm just like, this guy's an idiot. I didn't even want to read it, but I'm like, dude, just stick with it. Stick with the process. And the last couple of chapters click for me big time. And you know, he's on the money. Love you, Mike. If your business requires your presence, you don't have a business. You have a job. Mm-hmm. Most people are in total, total delusion. Yeah. Denial. Dude, that's not a business business. You don't have to show up. You just check on the person who runs it a couple hours a day. You go do what you want to do. I don't have one of those yet. I'm getting close. I'm about halfway. I'm about two hires or invest human capital investments mm-hmm. away from being to that goal, maybe 12, 18 months. And I'm just not going to stop until when the next time you see me or these, anybody who reaches out to me, hears from me that one of three things is going to happen. I will have died. I will have achieved my goals and I've either retired or I've set some new goals. Probably going to do the second. Or I haven't hit my goals yet and I'm working on it every day. And those are the only outcomes. So when you see me or you call me, that's where I'm at. It's one of those three places. Oh, good, good, Max. Well, uh, man, thank you so much. You brought a lot of value in, in, uh, in just a short amount of time there. So I know, uh, I know our listeners got a lot out of that. So thank you for that. Um, Max, if, uh, if anybody is out there listening and um, I know, I know you do uh, uh, you, you work with investors through, through, through private lending and, and through um, you're mostly uh, selling your properties to the public, right? Or you're selling some to investors. Um, If somebody wants to get in touch with you, um, how how do they do that? Yeah, we have people who um, we do, you know, financial partnerships and we work together in other markets. So you can just go to my website, uh, savior, like our Lord and savior realty.com. And my phone number's at the bottom. You can talk to Scott, my assistant, and um, he'll put you in touch with me. And then uh, my email address, I'll just give you Scott's. It's uh, info at saveyourrealty.com. And we'll put it in the notes or something like that. And then uh, if you want to reach out, please do. I mean, 
you can just call me if you have a question or you just say, Hey, that was a good job. Or if you say, Hey, here's a way to improve. That's okay too. You know, I love to talk to people, help meet people in other cities and I don't have a lot of time and I'm a pretty strict steward of it, but um, I would love to uh, help anybody if I can. And if I can, I'll just let you know. <laughs> good stuff. Good stuff. So, Max, uh, thank you so much for being on our show. If you're listening, uh, please go to uh, highspeedpodcast.com uh, to listen to some of our other shows or go to highspeedalliance.com and uh, find out about our any of our upcoming events. We've got one coming up that's going to be really great. And um, we're excited about that. So, uh, Max, thank you so much for being here. Don't go anywhere. We're going to go over to uh, to talk to our members on our private side here. And um, thanks for listening. Thanks, Max. Hi, this is Dr. Forrest Bryant, and I want to thank you for listening to the High Speed Podcast. Uh, we want to remind you that the information we share on this show is impersonal and only our opinion. You should not take impersonal advice and apply it to your own situation without discussing this information with us or with another licensed professional uh, that's familiar with your situation. Um, our opinions are just that, and this show is for education only. Uh, this is in no way a solicitation or offer to sell any securities or other types of investments. So thank you and uh, have a great day. You've been listening to the High Speed Podcast. To read our blog and to learn more, visit our website at www.highspeedpodcast.com.